Hey guys, welcome to Tom Talks. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the new Fort Worth soccer team. Find out how a man bought a house for only $16. Our first segment of Shit Gone Wrong. Don't get ruffled, but there's a chip shortage in America. And a chat on inflation here in the U.S. Hey y'all, welcome. My name is Tom Jung. I'm your host today. And I'm Jack Lizenby, co-host. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, Fort Worth and money and real estate as always uh before we get started plug the social media we're at tom's texas realty on facebook and instagram and tomstexasrealty.com is our website and you can find us on tiktok at tom.things and i think that's all our plugs right yep yeah cool so do you have a good weekend do anything cool no we just kept it pretty simple uh we went and got couples massage and then relaxed for the rest of the weekend yeah sounds like a good weekend to me yeah yeah i didn't I worked on Saturday, mm, the life fun. of a realtor, right? Right. Yeah. So cool. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, first of all, just a quick update. We had talked about this a, a few weeks back, but there's a proposed soccer stadium going in and uh, the proposed site right now is off of Basswood. Mm-hmm. And the uh, buddy of mine sent me this article, but basically there's a, a soccer team down in Austin, Bold FC, and they announced, I guess it, the article said that basically somebody from the team ownership announced that they were moving to Fort Worth and they wouldn't be moving this next year, but it sounded like the year after, which I found interesting because we haven't built a stadium yet. So if they're insinuating that we're going to have a stadium within a year, that's interesting because I don't know that it's been approved yet, number one. Uh, And number two... We kind of have a supply chain issue right now. So even if they wanted to build it in a year, I don't yeah, know if they could. Building's kind of an issue right now. Yeah. So anyways, there is uh, – if you live in Fort Worth, there's a survey right now that uh, Fort Worth is conducting on their website you can go to. It takes about 10 minutes, but it's basically gauging the public interest on uh, allowing this to happen, which it's going to be a joint effort with Keller because I think they have um, – uh, it's going to be kind of like we talked about before, kind of like the the – uh, the ballpark in Arlington where they've got a bunch of other stuff going on with it. And so the Keller school district will be using it for some stuff and Fort Worth and everything else. So altogether, it's supposed to be a very positive economic impact, but if you want to put your two cents in and be heard, that's a great way to do so. I was going to say just one more sports field going over by all the other stuff they're building in that part of Arlington. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exploding. So bold FC, is that a, uh, is that like the Dallas Cowboys of soccer from Austin? I don't know don't know we don't know actually what, what league they're playing in. i don't follow soccer it might be a kitty league we don't yeah, know <laughs> i have no idea no idea couldn't tell you who plays on the team yeah i was gonna say i think uh as far as sports fields go soccer fields is probably one of the lower priority ones in texas we're all about our football here yeah we are so yeah but the, hey there's a lot of soccer fans so that's fair i'm just surprised something's leaving austin for fort worth yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean austin's growing so much and uh not real sure what the, the reasoning behind it is, but maybe they're just trying to get away from it all. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. So. Be the next spark in Fort Worth. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, there was a, an article actually a buddy sent me about it. It was over the weekend about a guy who ended up getting a house in Flower Mound of all places for sixteen dollars. 
That's a pretty good deal right now. That's that's pretty good <laughs> deal in general. <laughs> I wouldn't have complained about a sixteen dollar house, but yeah. um, so the house it was uh, it was over three hundred thousand dollars, and it was in a really nice neighborhood in Flower Mound. But the original owner ended up uh, defaulting on it, wasn't able to pay it, mm-hmm. or foreclosed on it on it on it. I'm sorry, wasn't able to pay it, and then the uh, bank that owned the house went went out of business or had the loan right that had the loan it went out of business and so no one technically owned the house and so what happened was a thing called adverse possession and in texas what that means is if you express that you own a property even if you don't and you defend it and occupy it then you can apply to own that house and at the county court where he applied for this with his adverse possession piece of paper, it cost him about $16. Okay. His neighbors obviously aren't too happy that somebody is essentially squatting in this house, mm-hmm. um, but he he's he's legally there, and I thought it was a really interesting story because this isn't something you hear most people taking advantage of. Right. So, how, how long yeah. does it take before it's, like, for sure his? So the the absolute deadline, like, it's not going to take any longer than this is 20 years. But no, there are th- yes, that's a really long time. <laughs> but there are things you can do to make it faster. So if you have a deed or uh, some sort of contract saying that you own it, then uh, even if it's not real, essentially you you can do it within about three years. Hmm. You can file for the application then. If you're cultivating the land and paying taxes on it, you can do it as early as five. Uh, a lot of other smaller stipulations will allow you to do it in about ten years. But the basic cutoff is if you're there and you can prove that you've been there for 20 years, it's it's yours. Interesting. When you say cultivating the land, is that like growing stuff, like crops on it? Taking care of it. Like, oh, okay. Like, yes, you could be growing crap, crops on it if it's like agricultural <laughs> growing land. Growing some if, carrots in the back and selling you, them yeah. to the neighbors. If you're out there every day mowing the lawn and taking care of it and making it look nice, then people gotcha. are going to assume like, hey, he owns it. And there's, 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 some, uh, there's some requirements. Like you have to be um, – the five things that you have to show to prove that you're owning it is you have to – own it um, hostily, uh, actually, exclusively, openly, and continuously. And that, so what that means is hostily owning it means you defend it. Like you're not going to allow somebody else to take it. Right. Actually means like you actually have it. Like you're not just saying, hey, I own some land way out where. Like it's it's real. You're there. Um, exclusively means you're not sharing it with anybody. Openly means like People know you're not mm-hmm. being furtive about it or sneaky or anything. You're just there. And then continuously, obviously, just continuously. Huh. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. It's a crazy law, but like it, it kind of makes sense, right? If nobody's using it and you start right. using it, then okay, cool. But I wonder what the guy did to, <laughs> to piss off of the neighbors. Like, number one, how do you figure that out? Right, like the neighbor, and then how did it was like a news segment, wasn't it? Yeah. So the the article he sent for me was actually a video. um, I think it was CSNBC. I don't remember which company, but they they were doing an interview on the guy. They came up to his front door Mm -hmm. and they knocked, and he answers in like I think a wife beater and some like some basketball shorts or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of blindsided, but like he he knows what he's talking about. Like yeah. He, he obviously he, knows. Yeah, he comes at them very knowledgeably and all this other stuff. Like, he he's, he knows he's catching heat from his neighbors. They're mad. They're, yeah. they're getting together and, t- and scheming of ways to get him out of there. But, like, in all, in all legal senses, he has the right to be there. So the crazy thing about this, and I, I, uh, I, don't, I shouldn't have this knowledge, but for some reason I do. Uh, back in uh, 2008, when the uh, 
mortgage crisis happened and mm-hmm. whatever else. Well, there were a ton of these smaller uh, smaller firms that were doing these bad loans, right? It was basically, how much do you make? All right, cool. We'll write <laughs> you a loan. Yeah. And so uh, anyways, the uh, one of the big ones was Countrywide Mortgage. I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but uh, I actually looked into this a couple years back because <clears> – <throat> In our system, you can look at who the lien holder is. And so, like, I went back and looked at all the countrywide ones. There's still houses that exist with a countrywide lien on them, which, so, and, and, and what happened, the whole reason that this kind of disappeared. So, when all of this happened, the part of the bailout, the government forced the big banks like Bank of America and Chase to take in all of these mortgages from all these properties that, uh, had bad loans on them, which the banks didn't want to do because it's just going to be an expense on their books, right? And so through this transition, some of the loan documents were lost. You got to think, you got somebody closing down, they're probably shredding stuff, burning stuff, (laughs) and then you've got the transfer of all this paperwork, and in the shuffle, a lot of these properties got lost. And so there's still a few around today, and I, I would be curious to know what the story is on the other ones, but I guarantee if we look that up, I bet it's I bet it's a countrywide mortgage. Probably. Yeah. I was gonna say, uh, they, as long as the government the government just cares as long as somebody's paying taxes on it. So that's why things like this are in place because they'd rather have a body in there even if it's not the right one. Right. So we've got a new episode called <laughs> "Shit Gone Wrong," and uh, on this one we're gonna talk about what happens when an owner dies. Wow. Yeah. So crazy thing. Are you aware of what happens when an owner dies and you're under contract? Uh, well, I mean, I imagine something happens, but no. Why don't you tell me? Uh, contract is null and void. So That's crazy. Yeah, if you were a couple days away from moving into that house, then it's no longer happening. And unfortunately, it would take quite a while to, to be able to do it again because you have – typically, the house will have to go through probate mm-hmm. and everything will have to be signed off on. All the heirs have to sign off on everything, all that kind of stuff, and then – and then you could possibly buy the house again mm-hmm. if they want to sell it to you at the same price and all that kind of stuff. So uh, there's actually a situation where um, it was a distressed property that uh, a friend of mine was selling. And they went through the whole thing. It was about to close. And then one of the family members made a huge deal and said that he had claimed to the house and he wasn't originally getting – I don't think he was getting paid or he wasn't getting paid enough. I'm not real sure. But ended up the unhappy party burned the house down. Dang. Yeah. It's petty. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so unfortunate for the buyers. They they, I, they didn't buy that house. So, But uh, that's some crazy stuff that happens in real estate. Uh, I was going to say, do, do they end up getting their option and earnest money back if, say, they're under mm-hmm. contract and then the guy dies? Yes. Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully it doesn't happen. There's a there's a couple. I actually had to do this uh, in one case. So there's two ways to kind of avoid going through the whole probate mm-hmm. and that lengthy process. There's a ladybird deed that will assign a property over to, and, and this is this is specific to Texas. But there's a ladybird deed that will basically assign that house to whoever. Uh, upon death. And then there's a new one that came out a few years ago. It's transfer on death deed. Mm -hmm. And they're very similar. They do the same thing. The difference is uh, with a transfer on death deed, a creditor could technically come back two years after the fact to collect debts, um, which 
if it's a homestead property, then if it's a homestead property, then typically they can't come after anything. But if the estate owes money or whatever, then it's possible. So the ladybird deed's a little bit better because you have that warranty. But at the end of the day, if it's a homestead, transfer on death deed's probably going to be sufficient for a lot. Okay. So it sounds like with the ladybird deed, they go through and just make sure that there's not any liens payable on the uh, title before they transfer. Correct? Yeah. Well, well, basically, there's some kind of mechanism in place to where creditors can't come after you. Gotcha. So I don't know if that's – I don't know if it's homework done beforehand or what. I'm not sure how it works. I'm not an attorney. It's just so. once you have that on the house, it's basically – that's not going to be an issue. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so – but we had we had a situation. This was, uh, this was an awkward conversation, but I was buying a property to, to renovate, and it was the, uh, the owner and his daughter living there. Mm-hmm. And um, – Anyways, he was not in great health. He was a, you know, smoker and everything else and was in a wheelchair. And I was like, I hate to say this, but I said, I think we ought to consider getting one of these transfer on death deeds signed just in case. <laughs> but luckily he didn't, he didn't pass. But uh, it's an awkward conversation to have sometimes. But Right. It kind of brings the gravity of the situation together. Yeah. But she appreciated it and was like, yeah, I think, I think that would be in the best interest for everybody. And so we got it taken care of. But yeah. <laughs> so anyhow. Well, I mean, um, so I don't really have a good transition for this <laughs> next topic. But if you guys don't know, we're kind of in a recession as far as like uh, supply chains go. And one of the big things that's been affecting it has been semiconductors. Mm. And for anyone who may not know what a semiconductor is, it's a mix between a conductor like a metal or an alloy and, uh, and an insulator like glass. And they put these two things together or they use something like silicon and create microchips. So um, we're kind of in a shortage for those everywhere, uh, you know, computer parts, cars, all of these things that require MOSFETs and, and microchips and processors, they're hurting really badly. And um, they're looking to change that actually because uh, Samsung is coming to Taylor, Texas to build one of the largest semiconductor production areas in the U.S. Taylor or Taylor? Taylor, Taylor Texas. Where's, where's Taylor? It's right outside of Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, north, south, east, west? Uh, I think it's northeast of Austin, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Cool. I'm not super familiar with the Austin area. Yeah, and this is this is a big reason why we don't we, – we have a shortage of cars, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. They use it for – I mean, if you don't know, your car also has a computer in it on top of that, like your radio. Uh, all sorts of things use semiconductors, even if it's not necessarily a microchip or a processor. Mm-hmm. Um, but those specifically are what they're looking to make. Uh, Samsung is dumping $17 billion into this. It's going to be Texas's largest foreign investment in recorded history currently. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, compa- that paired with uh, – Texas Instruments, the guys that make the TI-85 calculators and whatnot, yeah, yeah. they're building a semiconductor facility up in Sherman, Texas, which is out by the Oklahoma border, right next to the Windstar. Oh, okay. On the Texas side. That place is blowing up from what I hear. I mean, I think this is going to be the only thing up in Sherman, as last I checked. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, everybody, I just, people I've talked to, they're like, yeah, Sherman's booming. And Hey, whatever, good for yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> so, Cool. But yeah, so the, Texas is already the nation's leader in chips, and this is a good step forward, especially with the political tensions in the world right now, uh, yes. because it provides not only uh, cybersecurity and the fact that you don't have foreign countries making your chips, but also physical security and the fact that most of our chips come from 
Taiwan and China. Mm-hmm. And if they ever just decide, hey, you don't get any more ships, then we're, our supply chain is completely screwed. Right. Yeah, which you would think would be like a, a national security thing. Like right. we use like, us like tracking in, where all of our stuff comes from. We use Intel chips in government mm-hmm. computers from Taiwan. I, does no one see an issue with this? It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of irony. Yeah. yeah. Dang. So uh, last thing I got, which is open-ended, there's not going to be a point to this segment, it's just more of uh, food for thought, is inflation in our real estate market. Mm-hmm. And I am no expert. I would love to have an economist come on and, and chat with us. Uh, I don't know where you find those, I guess, universities. What does economists do? Like, like if I'm a real-life economist and I graduated, where do I work? I don't know. I would just invest in stocks. But then wouldn't That's that just true. be a stockbroker? I guess, you, you, yeah. You, yeah. Hmm. yeah I, I, I guess like you, like historians, they probably work at museums under different titles or something. But yeah. See, I feel like you just become a professor and talk about economics. See, we don't know anything don't about know. this, so you yeah, know, only so, take it at face value. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're two guys that know nothing about what they're talking about. So, no, I guess the, the thought that I had, and this is kind of where this rabbit hole came about, was we've had uh, roughly – 30% of our dollars printed in the last couple of years that are in circulation, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have, I, I, don't, I don't know, however much you got, the, just to me, it seems like things are just going to automatically be more expensive if everything's distrib- distributed evenly, right? Right. Which is not the case. Uh, so we had 19% uh, appreciation in, in our housing market last year, 19, 20, depends on how you look at it. But, uh, you know, when you think about 30% more dollars being put into the market, average appreciation over a year is like, four, I want to say it's like 4.2% on average. Okay. Right? So we've got a, you know, like a 16, 15 to 16%, you know, like increase that. over that. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, you know, how much of this is due to there just being more dollar bills in the economy? And we saw it first in construction with uh, wood prices going up. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, at first I was like, it's wood, like, you know, wood's cheap. Right. Yeah. And then, and then it wasn't cheap anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like builders were spending an extra thirty to $40,000 to frame a house. Like mm-hmm. that was mind blowing. That's a, that's a huge, that's a huge expense. Yeah. And we saw a lot of builders that were like slow playing, hoping that the cost would come back down. We also saw um, a lot of builders that would terminate their contracts. So some of these builders, there's there's clauses in there where they can exit them in a circumstance like this, right? Which is something to look out for if you're buying new, and this is why you should have representation. Plug, call <laughs> <laughs> us. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That was that was my thought. I couldn't find any data that correlated between the amount of U.S. dollars and appreciation. Because uh, I know back in the '80s, there was a lot of appreciation that happened, mm-hmm. or uh, I'm sorry, inflation that happened. And I couldn't find any data. So it sounds like it's not one for one. The amount of dollars increase increases the inflation by the same amount. So then what are they measuring inflation on? Right. Which you wouldn't expect, right? Because that means everything's distributed evenly. But right. so the, the I think the number for the inflation came out to be like 6.8% from the government, 6 point something okay. for this past year. So anyways, started looking into how they calculate this, and it kind of makes sense. So they take like a, a normal basket of goods that your average consumer would buy at the grocery store or whatever, 
that they need to, to live on. And they compare that to what they would previously spend for the same stuff, you know, a year ago. Okay. Problem with this is there's a lot of different ways to do it. So if let's say that a year ago you were eating steak two nights a week and you know, all of these other things that you would normally do, but then all of a sudden prices go up. So you cut steak out of the budget and now you're eating, you know, hot dogs and bologna for dinner. Well, they, they don't see any difference in that. Right. Which it's a huge, yeah. It's not impacting the price of steak at all. It's not, yeah, it's not impacting the the price of the basket overall. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so in that case, they don't consider that to be inflation. And so there's a lot of people out there that talk about, you know, the whole, how we calculate it is flawed, Mm -hmm. which I think they are correct. And I also think it's probably that way on purpose. So, you know, like my guess is that our inflation is probably twice as high as what they're telling us it is. It could be, and we're just measuring the wrong things. Yeah, because lumber's lumber's up. Uh, it was three times, almost three times as expensive as it was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. So it would stand to reason that our inflation is not six point eight percent. Now that's just one thing, but steak is what, well, dude? Have you looked at buying steak lately? No. I cannot bring myself to do it. It's like twelve dollars a pound. Did you see, there was actually a, a post going around of them putting like uh, like those little steel tags on uh, on steak at the at the store like you know whenever you take clothing oh, and it sets really? off an alarm yeah for for like steak they have them they have them like wrapped up in like almost like chicken wire looking stuff it's like a mesh and huh. then it's got like a little uh, magnetic tag to set off the alarm dude that's insane yeah yeah it's that bad I mean they already start locking up like formula and stuff like that and now steaks yeah now I'm now I'm starting to think about like getting me a rifle and going deer hunting and that's how I get my meat, you know? Like a couple of buddies that go hunting and I hook, they hook it up. I get it. I get it now. Yeah. I can appreciate that. But speaking of the, the stealing stuff, I was at uh oh shoot. I can't remember what the exit is. I think off of thirty going towards Dallas, I think it's like Crockett. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Anyways, there's a Walmart there that I was in. And I walked past and I I had to do a double take and go double check. But they they had all of their uh, all of the men's underwear was locked up. Like you would have to go get a representative. The men's underwear? Yeah, you know, like how s- sometimes they lock up like yeah, electronics yeah. and things like right. that. Right, valuable things that people can easily steal. Yeah, underwear. Why underwear? I don't know. Was this around <laughs> Valentine's Day or something? Like no, I just <laughs> I was like, what? That's what we're locking up? Of like all the things. Yeah, so maybe they've got a underwear problem over there. I don't know. That's just <laughs> fascinating. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's really all we got. Food for thought on inflation. Don't know. If you guys have any thoughts or know an economist, <laughs> let us <laughs> know. If you want to have him on here so he can talk crap about us and mm-hmm. how little we know. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so, that's, all, is that, that's all we got for this yeah, week. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.